Welcome back, Crack fans. As always, I'm your host, Dalton Thieneman. I know it's been a while, but we have a big-time guest for you today, which we're extremely excited to introduce. But before then, Cracked Rackets has had plenty of things going on recently that we want to update you on. Uh, We were recently featured on Tennis Channel regarding our next-gen coverage, specifically Patrick Kipson, who just won his first professional singles title down in Niceville, Florida. So congrats to Kipson. Um, We also recently did a deep dive on Tommy Paul and Chris Eubanks, so be sure to check out the Next Gen series at CrackedRackets.com. Also, the Great Shot Podcast, those guys have been churning out content like no other with episodes 6 and 7 on Jared Donaldson and Chris Eubanks. And then, of course, they had to give you an emergency episode to give you an update on Jack Sock and him winning the ATP or qualifying for the ATP Finals and breaking the top 10. So that was huge news for American tennis. Um, and in terms of Cracked Rackets news, it's just it's been really busy around here. Um, so, But if you haven't already, uh, go check out the Great Shot podcast. Alex Gruskin, Max Rothman, and Max Fliegner have a real treat for you every Wednesday. So to support those guys and Cracked Rackets, go subscribe and, and rate their podcast on iTunes. And more to come on this later, but we did want to give you a brief update. Um, we recorded an exclusive interview with Noah Rubin, and we will be launching that. So that's on the horizon. Uh, stay tuned there. But on this edition of the Cracked Interviews, we have American tennis player Riley Opelka, who joins us to give a breakdown of this year on tour, the state of American tennis today, and what we can expect for American tennis to come in the future. He also uh, gives us some insight into the chemistry and, of course, the lingo between the next-gen guys, specifically down in Lake Nona in Orlando, Florida, uh, the lowdown on Mulch, California, and he had to give us his NBA comparison. He had to. Uh, so it's a good one, folks. I uh, really think you're going to enjoy this one, Crack fans. So for now, enjoy my conversation with Riley. Today we are extremely excited to welcome our guest to the podcast, Riley Opelka. Riley is one of the next-gen Americans that we've been covering through our next-gen series. He's a former junior Wimbledon champion and has reached as high as 125 in the world at only 20 years old. Um, And of course, we have to get this out of the way now, but he's also one of the tallest players on the ATP Tour at 6'11". Today, we also have my co-host, Alex Gruskin, a uh, Cracked Rackets contributor and host of the Great Shot Podcast. How's it going, Riley? Nice to meet you. How's it going? Nice to meet you, too. And also, uh, Gruskin is an, is another Michigan native, so I'm sure he's okay. going to have plenty of inside jokes there for you today. Yeah, you're okay. from uh, St. Joe's, yeah? Yeah, I was born in St. Joe, and uh, I grew up in Florida. I was raised uh, in North Florida, and Boca Raton is where I spent most of my time. So I'm more of a Florida boy, but my whole family's from the Midwest. Well, we're going to claim you as our own, and i got to ask, uh, does it hurt to know you always being Kate Upton's shadow? Because, you know, she's another St. Joe's product as well. 
<laughs> I didn't actually didn't, I didn't even know that. Yeah, well, there you go. You have uh, some high aspirations. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start with a fun one. So obviously, you know, end of 2014, start of 2015, you had a lot of success. You know, I have to ask, what did you enjoy more, the Wimbledon title or uh, winning Eddie Hur and getting Brad Stein to shave his head? Oh, man. Yeah, that was a yeah. good one. Yeah, no, I wasn't there for, for when where she got to shave Brad's head. Tommy did it himself. I was out of town. But uh, <laughs> that was a really fun week. Yeah, Brad told us before the week started, me or Tommy won it. He was, he was going bald. So <laughs> that was cool. That was a fun memory for sure. Uh, I mean, all the junior memories are great. Those are probably the best memories in tennis were the ones when I was playing in the junior tournaments. So, you know, through your juniors, talk us through the junior Wimbledon win, because you, you came in unseated and then stormed through that tournament. What was the feeling when you pulled that out? I mean, I felt like most of the matches I played, I felt like they were um, like going into the match, I felt pressure to win, and I thought, I mean, I wasn't seated. The only guys that I that I was worried about in the draw were the other Americans, actually. And, I mean, if, no doubt a few other guys, Stefanos, Dixipas, and, like, all those guys, you know, I knew those guys could play. But the toughest matches I had were was against Taylor Fritz and Will Blumberg, the other uh, the other two Americans. So I honestly felt like most of the competition was from the guys that I grew up playing in the USDA tournaments, which was kind of cool. Yeah, I imagine that must be a lot of fun. It gets me thinking, you know, Kalamazoo is another place where uh, you get to have that. I know that 2015 Kalamazoo was, you know, really special. You know, all you guys, the next-gen guys had had a lot of success at the Junior Slams, you and Tommy winning the yeah. French Open and Wimbledon. Yeah. Uh, can you talk about that tournament, kind of the build-up to that? Was that as fun for you guys to play as it was for us to watch? Yeah, no doubt. It was, it was cool. It was tough. It was, uh, it was a strong field for sure. Obviously, I wanted to play and I wanted to win because the US Open is awesome. But, you know, you see some other guys that and take it, take, approach that event so much differently, which I never really did. But, uh, I mean, that week was definitely cool. It, it, that, that year was, was probably the strongest it's been in a while. And, and I really feel like the winner of that, Francis, I felt like he really deserved the wild card. It belonged to either him or, or Kozlov. They were the two best guys. Um, it's just kind of, you know, they going first with years. So, 2015, Kalamazoo winner definitely deserved to be the major value. So, We'll kind of progress there. I know you were considering Florida, you were considering Georgia, TCU, Virginia, all the top programs essentially on the southeast side. How was that decision of foregoing college and, and hitting the pro scene? Was that a difficult one? And who all did you discuss, you know, that decision with? It wasn't too difficult, actually. I mean, I definitely was considering going to college. I probably would have went to the University of Florida. Uh, I was a big fan of Brian Shelton, still am. I also like Rodini, but uh, TCU, was, TCU, Florida, and USC were my top three, but I think I would end up going to Florida just because it's near home, and um, I really like their, their program. But uh, I was discussing with all my coaches, and, you know, the decision almost makes itself. When you do well with the juniors and, and the opportunities there, and, and you have a good result in the juniors where, I mean, you have some offers to, to go pro, then, then I feel like you take it. If you don't have those in place, then there's, and you go to college. I don't really feel like that was kind of how I approached it. Was you know if, if I if I can do it and I have good results in the juniors, then I'll then I'll go. But if not, then I'll, I'll go to college. I guess speaking of offers, 
at that point, you know, Milos Raonic was a success on tour. Were you watching him on TV and thinking, hey, his shirts are a little big on him. They uh, might fit me. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. That's just kind of like, I feel like when juniors or when players start stressing that decision a little more, uh, that's kind of when that's their problems when they think about trying to turn pro. And uh, I feel like the, the best way to go about it is just to train and get better and, and just kind of let it, let it happen. Yeah, I guess for you in particular, and, you know, what do I know about your body that you don't already know? But being, you know, a taller player on tour and, hey, you're pretty tall. I don't know if you know that. You know, giving yourself a chance to develop physically, is that something you thought, you know, alongside the help of Diego Moyano, your coach, and the whole USTA facility, you would have a better chance of doing that on your own as opposed to college? Yeah, I mean, we, we learned the hard way with a few things about my body, especially when I was growing. I mean, I had a few a few injuries along the way, for sure. And I definitely considered, uh, I mean, that was definitely part of the decision was the fitness that I was doing and like with USDA and the training that I had with Diego was probably as good as I could get. And that was also a big factor. Having the USDA as a support is, is huge. It just changes everything. So knowing that, that I had an unbelievable team in a great environment set up for me made it even easier to turn from. And with that environment down at Lake Nona, um, you know, you've got a lot of the next-gen guys training down there. Talk about the dynamic with all the next-gen guys. What's your relationship? We know you have, a, you know, your boys with Tommy and Taylor. Kind of talk about that relationship. Yeah, it's pretty special. Uh, me, Tommy, Taylor, uh, Francis, Michael Moe, Kozlov, we're all, we're all really good friends. I mean, we talk, honestly, I talk to there's not like a week that goes by where I don't talk to one of them. I mean, I talk to Tommy and Taylor and Mo almost every day. So uh, it's pretty special. The the environment, the culture in Lake Nona is really cool. Um, you know, you just got, like you said, a bunch of young young guys that are pretty hungry. And um, it's all about tennis there, which, which is perfect for us. It's, um, you have one of the, probably the best training facility in the world and um, a, dozen, a dozen guys all competing with each other every day. Couldn't ask for much more. So a quick question, and, you know, I did a uh, Parsa-like deep dive, you know, crack racket down Parsa. He uh, seems to know everything about the tennis world. But uh, I did a little digging. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so I did a little digging, and uh, I saw you were the best man at Chris's wedding. Congratulations to you. I guess, I, I guess you just congratulated him on being the best. Well, I mean, that might, you know, that's up there in the accomplishments of your career for sure. Um, that's at the top of my list. Yeah. So I guess my question is, is it going to be a rotating thing? You know, did Tommy just get just there? Or is it like, you know, Tommy will be your best man and then Fritz will be his and you all get a chance at it? Oh, man. I, I mean, we're not even thinking about <laughs> me and Tommy aren't, aren't planning any weddings anytime soon. So, I mean, Taylor. That was really, it was really cool, Taylor, to uh, it was an honor for me, you know. And we talked to Noah earlier this week, and he kind of tuned us in with some of your all's lingo. And he said some of the next-gen guys have, you know, a different language. They've got, you know, the, the one-liners, the pop, you know, sending it. What's the one-liner over the last couple of weeks that you all have been going back and forth with? They change a lot. It's, it's actually, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty remarkable, honestly, how many different words we got that get thrown around that no one else understands. But, you know, pop's big right now. 
goes after whatever. Um, Bonds is pretty big. Bonds means bad. Changes honestly every week. I know you're hitting dingers left and right. You know that's still yeah. Thing. Dingers was exactly they they uh, they come in spurts. So I haven't been with the boys for a few days. So I already kind of forgot some. But once we're training in Lake Yona, we'll I'll have like ten more by the end of the offseason. <laughs> it's a it's a unique time in American tennis, like you said. You know, you've got a dozen young guys under twenty one that are being hyped up, and the hype is very real. American tennis fans everywhere are excited. Where do you see American tennis in the next three to five years, and is that hype merited right now? Yeah, for sure. I think, but I think the key is like three to five years. I don't, I don't think it's not going to happen overnight. I don't think you're going to be seeing like five guys, all, all of us making it in the top 50 in the next, by next year, by any means. Three to five years is, is probably uh, hopefully see some more Americans. Honestly, right now is is pretty pretty good. It's pretty impressive, I think, with Sock, Query, and Isner, like three three guys, pretty much almost all three of them top 15 in the world. And that's pretty good. And um, obviously Harrison, Stevie J. Tiafo, Donaldson. There's a handful of guys that are also top 100. So you can look at it two different ways. You know, we got plenty of guys that are already doing well. I completely agree with you. And, you know, one of my favorite things, another thing I don't think gets enough mention is the level of play right now on the challenger circuit. I mean, you have guys like, you know, all the young American guys, you, Tommy, Fritz, Escobedo, um, Kozlov, and then you have the Fertangelos, the Krugers, the Kudlas. Um, is it? In, do you enjoy playing those matches because you get to be with so many other Americans? You know, you guys are all competing against one another, trying to you know achieve the same goals. Does that help? You know, because the the events themselves may not have the fan allure of an ATP 250, but it's still you know they're fun to play, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're all like I actually I prefer almost playing um, turns where. I'm used to playing against those guys, you know, so I think it's cool sometimes. Like when I was in France this year, I played uh, in Bordeaux or in Aix-en-Provence. I played six matches against six guys. I never played. Like the whole trip to France, basically, I didn't play anyone that I played before, which is also pretty cool for me. You know, I just experienced new new things. So um, there's pluses to, to each, obviously. At playing in the States, you get the same faces, kind of like you said, the Krugers, the Tangelo, Krugba. Uh, Novikov, whatever, but um, I, mean, I think there's almost more positive playing guys that you haven't played before and going going different places you haven't been. I completely agree. Uh, I know you've also played a lot of ATP qualifying this fall and, you know, in the summer as well, had a lot of tough certain sets, but just playing yeah. at that level, you know, you're obviously a big tiebreaker player. Um, being in those pressure moments, you know, win some, lose some, that's what you're looking for out of those qualifying experiences, right? Yeah, I mean, I lost a lot of seven, six, and the thirds for sure. I mean, some in main draw, some in qualities. I had ton, like over five matches where I was up match point and didn't win. So that's kind of just part of tennis. It's a brutal summer. Uh, tennis just comes down to a few points here and there, and and that's kind of what costed me a lot this year. So. And I know some of the you know the top level guys work with sports psychologists to train and and mentally prepare for you know those tiebreakers or those big moments. What yeah. what do you do to, you know, prepare mentally before you go in? Because I know the experience of the breakers, you know, goes a long way. But is there anything that you do to prepare for those moments off court? 
Yeah, I mean, I got to get better at it, to be honest. That's kind of where I struggled last year. That's kind of part of the learning process. It's something I'm, I want to emphasize a lot in the offseason, trying to be ready for Australia and bring bring some new new ideas for myself in those situations to down in Australia. That way, when I get there, it's unfamiliar. Yeah, I, you mentioned Australia. I know last year, you know, I get a top five set loss to go fan, but just playing an event like that, you know, going five set, that has to give you confidence for the rest of the year. You know, you know, you can play at that level. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. That definitely gives you confidence. But then, at a certain point, you know, I, I lost over half a dozen matches, like similar scenarios with that, where I had chances, upbreak points against good players, and just didn't didn't convert it. Obviously, I was playing good tennis, but tennis is it's all confidence, such a confident sport, and, and it definitely, uh, I definitely took a loss on that aspect just because I, uh, you know, I, I lost over eight or nine matches this, or seven or eight matches in a row this summer where I was either up a break in the third or, you know, serving for the match or had a match point in the tiebreaker and whatnot, so it's all, it's all confidence. I know they're, they're tough. Because it shows you can play with those guys at the same time. What happens a few times, you uh, it, it affects your confidence. And considering that, you know, that level of confidence and how necessary that is at this level, how important is it having a coach travel with you on tour? I know the strategic approach of each match, but but where does that come in at a confidence level? Is that is that vital at this point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd say it's pretty critical especially for a young player, for a guy that's been around for five or six years, I could see how you know, one year off without a coach or two years, even if you're the guy's good, depending on who it is. But um, for the most part, I, coaching is huge, mainly just from a, a mindset, a mental standpoint, just keeping you in a good place, keeping you hungry. And um, it's a stressful sport. So having a coach there is yeah, that helps handle the stress with you is, is huge. For sure, and not to get too nerdy, but in terms of working on your games, again, you know, so much of it is the serving and the volleying. Is it really a concentrated effort in practice, you know, make sure we get the right amount of serve reps, make sure we work on moving forward, or do you make sure to find a balance and, you know, work on the ground strokes and returns? I like to work on my, like, serve and my volley, serving and volleying a lot when I'm with my coach. And then when I'm playing with, like, another player in practice, I like to, I'll work on my baseline game. I won't serve and volley as much in practice as I would when I'm playing a match. I hear you're a self-proclaimed grinder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In practice, for sure. But, uh, yeah, it helps me work on my ground stroke game, and also it's better for the other guy in practice sometimes. If I'm serving volleying and they're not touching a ball and points are short, it, I don't want to practice with me. <laughs> I like that answer. want to talk, you know, New Balance has been talked about um what about mulch from uh, <laughs> mulch california give us a little we got a plug mulch right oh for sure oh yeah yeah those are, i'm going i'm seeing them tomorrow actually when i get to when I get to california so those guys are uh those guys are pretty cool they're pretty talented tough for me you know i'm seven foot so i can't find clothes off the <laughs> <laughs> there's only so many big and tall places right yeah, no, they're not. They're not big. They're not like big and tall brand. They, I mean, they just they hand make everything, so it's easy, I guess, for them to adjust sizes however they want. Everything. I mean, they they make everything with their hands in, in uh, California. So, so how did you originally get hooked up with them? 
Uh, I saw actually Clay Thompson was wearing them, like wearing them once when I was younger. Uh, and yeah, I mean Clay. I saw Clay wearing most most California T-shirts. I looked it up, and and I was like, wow, I fits him pretty well. So. Can I make a suggestion? You should go do a Kevin Love Banana Republic route. I feel like you and Kevin pretty similar bodies. You could definitely uh, work Banana Republic. <laughs> yeah. But actually, so I was, uh, I saw you're a Bulls fan. I have to ask, uh, you know, their rookie, Larry Markin, and better name for him, Larry Bird, right? Yeah, yeah. He's actually, uh, I actually like that guy. I think he's pretty good. I was bummed Jimmy Butler left, but. For sure. I, uh, so we did a fun segment, you know, shameless plug here, but you get to do New Balance. I'm going to plug the Great Shot Podcast. Uh, please go listen, go subscribe. But we saw, you know, we were doing our, we did a segment where we talked about our basketball comparisons for NBA players. Uh, I'll just ask you now that I have because, you know, you were my center. Uh, who is your basketball comparison? I don't want to disrespect him like this, but Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> <laughs> He's killing it this but, uh, season, man. He's got. I mean, he. I don't think he had a forty-point game last season. He, he's had three or four already this year. Yeah, he's smooth, man. He's stuck for Westbrook. Yeah, he's See, I, watch. I saw your uh, shooting touch in the uh, video with Kyrios, Eubanks, and Frick, and uh, I saw you as Chris. I mean, you got a little unicorn in you. I see yeah, man, that guy's unbelievable too. That guy's one of a kind. I haven't seen anything like it before, but uh, you know he, he can shoot too. I mean, Clay Clay's still the best three point shooter in the world right now. <laughs> um, you know, with the amount of travel that the tour entails, you know, coupled with the time required to spend on your craft and you know building weapons and fine tuning everything, how difficult does it you know make remaining close and and you know keeping up with family and friends? Yeah, that's definitely uh, not easy. I, I, luckily, my parents don't live too far from me, but I haven't seen my sister much. Uh, I haven't seen her that much at all this year. She lives in New York, so, I mean, luckily, all my friends are pretty much Tommy, Taylor, they're the guys I travel with, but it, it's not easy for sure. I mean, I, just, I go a few months at a time, you know, without, without seeing my parents or my sister. And for and it's been that way since I was like 17, 18. For, for a 17 year old kid, it's not easy. No, for sure. That uh, that brings me actually to a funny point. So again, I did a little Instagram deep dive. Uh, when was the last time you took a photo without Tommy Paul by your side? Because you know there are a lot of them. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. There's <laughs> worth Tommy, a, a Snapchat streak. Yeah, we we've got a lot of them. Tommy actually deleted his Instagram, which is kind of crazy. But he had a lot of them too. I guess that's what happened. I mean, I, I lived with Tommy since I was 14, so I guess that's kind of what that's, that's the, uh, the reasoning behind that. We got to get back on the campaign to uh, get Tommy back on Instagram, by the way. It's gotta, <laughs> people got to get on that bandwagon. Yeah. It's got to happen. <laughs> I don't think that's happening. <laughs> We've got one last segment here called the Rapid Fire segment. Um, it'll be 10 questions, and you'll provide us with one word question. So you ready to rock? Yep. Uh, so favorite tennis player? James Blake. Ooh. Favorite drink on the court? I drink a lot of red, water or Red Bull. Oh, another Fav- shameless plug. <laughs> favorite meal off the court? Lucky Charms. Favorite video game? Don't really play video games. Uh, if you were to take away any stroke on the court, which would it be? Uh, return. Favorite surface? Uh, quiet. Favorite city in the world? 
Favorite athlete non-tennis related? Craig Thompson. Uh, favorite song or artist to warm up to, maybe? Mm, Rocks, probably. Favorite thing about a fresh can of tennis balls is? Um, I can hit the biggest with it. <laughs> awesome. All right, thanks so much, Riley. We know you're busy, so thanks for taking the top. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. Take it easy. Take care, man. Thank you. kill the real cause your life with the singer. Today we'll drink this coffee in my kitchen. I mentioned did it every song. I just wanted to go away. You decided to stay in the world. I want to be forgiven. I don't like to skip for money. Sorry, I was scared. You're not the way that feels. Like to sleep with it for someone to come in and kill you. The final thing is that now and not a friends of anything. Go they gonna kill anyone that feels so powerful. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Riley Opelka. Um, Alex and I really enjoyed it, so thank you for coming on and listening. And as many of you know, we're big next-gen guys here at Cracked Rackets, and we're so excited to see where American tennis will be in 2018 and beyond. So um, enjoy your time in the offseason, Riley, and thanks again for coming on. We'll have to get you uh, next year as well to get an update. Uh, but for next time, uh, we've got blue-chip senior Axel Neve, Jensen Brooksby, and like we mentioned earlier, we have Noah Rubin coming for you. Also, USCA coach and uh, Tommy Paul's coach as well, Diego Moyano, and former TCU standout and current pro Cameron Nori on the horizon. So stay tuned for those. We appreciate all of your support. We can't say it enough, so thanks for everything. But go subscribe to the Cracked Interviews podcast as well as the Great Shot podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram and go like the Facebook page. And don't forget to rate and review our podcast at iTunes. Uh, We're also now on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and Player FM for those Android users out there. So check us out. Again, we couldn't do this without you, Crack fans, so thanks for everything. And uh, we'll see you at CrackedRackets.com and, of course, next time with Noah Rubin. Sorry, I was scared. You're not the way it feels. Like to sleep with it for someone to come in and kill you. The final thing is that now I'm not afraid of anything. Go take on that kill. Anyone that feels so powerful. They chip at you, I read your skin of everything. It's tough, you see. You will be good, but you will be more. You will be good, but you will be more.